Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 13. Here's Pastor Ryan. Honoring his commandment, and since Solomon turned away from the Lord and was worshiping, uh, you know, false gods, God removed and split the kingdom from him. So he's wrong in that sense. And, uh, and so this is what he says. And he says that it was by a covenant of salt, which is like, what do we know about that? A covenant of salt, right? You ever have a covenant with salt? No. Nobody in this room has. Right? Anybody? Raise your hand. Tell me all about it. In the Old Testament, and in ancient times, everyone knows that salt was a pre- preserving agent. It preserved uh, meats, kept them uh, good from, from rotten, and uh, uh, not just meats, but other foods as well. But in um, Leviticus chapter 2, the Israelites were told by God, any offering that you give, it needs to be with salt. Salt had to be on those offerings, which I think it's pretty cool. In Leviticus 2.13, it says, And every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking uh, from your grain offering. With all your offerings you shall offer salt. And so, you know, I, I'm under the impression that God has a great palate, I mean, he wants the fat of the sacrifices, which I love. Don't gross out if you ever see me eating a steak. Um, and salt. He wanted his, the offerings to be seasoned. You know, but it's a, it's a spiritual uh, image of something that's lasting, something that preserves, something that, 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 that make, that's lasting, basically. And in Numbers, 18 verse 19, God speaks to Aaron, right? The high priest. He says, all of the heave offerings of the holy things, which the children of Israel offer to the Lord, I have given to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. And so there it is. It's like this, this, this Aaron was to receive all the, uh, you know, you know, these offerings as a blessing, and God sealed it with it by calling it a covenant of salt uh, uh, before the Lord. And so it was a covenant that was lasting, that was legit. And when we confessed Christ, was that legit? Does God hold people accountable for saying, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I've sinned against you. I'm now going to live for you. Forgive me. I'm now going to live for you and not for myself. Is that not a covenant of salt? It's a covenant of blood. That by faith, he did the work for us on the cross. But we promised him that our lives now belong to him. Our lives, we promised, we made a covenant. Our lives belong to him. 
How many of us are keeping that covenant? How many of us, our lives truly are his? Man, we had a killer study yesterday, man. Oh, man, it was talking all about the crucified life. The crucified life is walking in one direction. A person who has made a covenant with Christ is walking in one direction, not their own plans anymore. They are following the Lord. Our plans are irrelevant. Our schedules are irrelevant. Our lives are irrelevant. A person who is taking up their cross daily and following after Jesus is walking in the direction of Jesus Christ. I was ahead fantastic we all were like uh and maybe you're feeling like uh it's wednesday dude chill but it's true show me how i'm wrong we made a covenant man i heard a preacher say one time and it was so spot on like he was saying you think you can say that and then go live your own life you think you can make that covenant and then go live your own life and god's gonna be like okay and things will go well for you Things will go terrible for you. Because you can't just play games with God and say, I'm now yours. Just kidding. I don't want to go to hell if I die. That's why I said that. No, you don't understand. He's so good in saving us from hell that we now want to serve him. If you don't want to serve him, you, you don't, there's something wrong with your, your concept of the cross. I mean, is there anything that he asked that you would not do? Is there anything that he would ask you to give up that you would not? I mean, heavy. It's true, though. Covenant of salt. Jesus said in Matthew 5.13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under foot by men. If the salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing. It's like, you know, you make a covenant, you're not going to keep it. What good's the covenant? What good is it? Our walk needs to be legit before the Lord. That's when we experience blessings. That's when we experience life more abundantly. That's when problems begin to minimize in our lives that have been there and, and, and you know, problems we can't figure out. Our walk needs to be legit. It needs to be seasoned with salt. When we compromise the word of God by doing our own thing, we have lost our flavor and the preservation power, really, of our faith. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus would say in verse 46, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears these my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. That's our lives right there. That's us who have believed in Jesus and have responded. And we're still saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm following you. You can change my plans. You can stop my plans. You can tell me when to turn left. Tell me when, what, what is it you want from me? And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it. That's my brothers and sisters who are serving the Lord, who are on fire for God. Nothing can shake you guys. You guys have been through crazy trials. You're still standing. 
for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on, on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently. And immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Why did they fall? Because they weren't doing anything. Christianity isn't, forgive me, be my savior, I'm going to go live my life. That's shaky ground. That's not solid. Covenant of salt is what we did. Jesus said, a covenant, new covenant in my blood. I give to you. If you're going through a trial, you know what to do. Prepare your heart to seek him and exalt his name. You give him glory in the middle of your trial. You exalt his name and do what he says. Exalt him. In that book, man, yesterday, it was like, he was talking about also about evangelism. And you think about, you know, going out, handing out tracts, preaching on the corner, preaching at, a, at an outreach or at a, at a crusade or something. And, and what Tozer said was, was killer. He just says, you just glorify God. You just glorify God in your life. God will add to the church when the law sees you glorifying God in everything you do, not just your church life, but your finances, your business, your family life, in everything. Not, God did not come and say, oh, you got this down, but not all these. He want, everything is his. Everything we lay down. Everything, every aspect of our life gives us glory. Right? Did I say that right? Okay. Every aspect. Every aspect. <laughs> to him and his sons by a covenant of salt. Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, rose up and rebelled against his Lord. Then worthless rogues gathered to him. Well, you know, Jeroboam didn't rebel against his Lord. The Lord, capital L, gave him the kingdom. Solomon, who was his Lord, rebelled against God and gave it to Jeroboam. Then worthless rogues gathered to him and strengthened themselves against Rehoboam. Right? He's speaking about his father, Rehoboam. Abijah is speaking about his father. The son of Solomon, when, Saul, when Rehoboam was young and inexperienced and could not withstand them. And so he's saying, oh, the reason why you guys took the kingdom is because my father was young and inexperienced. No, your son rebelled as well, and God took it from him. That's what happened. And now, verse 8, you think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord, which is in the hand of the sons of David. And you are a great multitude, and with you are the golden calves, which Jeroboam made for you as gods. Have you not cast out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron, and the Levites, and made for yourselves priests like the peoples of other lands? So that whoever comes to consecrate himself with a young bull and seven rams may be a priest of the things that are not gods. 
And so he's speaking some truth here. Jeroboam turned the hearts of the Israelites in the north from serving the Lord to worshiping two golden calves that he made. He led them right into idol worship rather than honoring the Lord. He got rid of those priests of the Lord. He got rid of the Levites, like the legitimate priests, and the Levites got booted by him. And then anyone who showed up with uh, enough money, basically, what was it, a ram and seven, a young bull and seven rams. Man, if you can come up with the, with the bull or with the, with the young bull and seven rams, you can be a priest. And that's what he did. He just let, like the people of the world, just whoever wants to be a priest can be a priest. And they were priests to gods that were not gods. So the whole thing was a mess up there. But there's a lesson to that. There's a lesson to that. We're in the last days. And I believe that people are still trying to give priests the boot, pastors the boot, legitimate ones. I love what John Randall said about Jack Hibbs. He's been maligned. He's been hated on. He's been mistreated. He's been hated on. And I've been to meetings where Calvary Chapel pastors are just hating on him. Not no more. We're having our own meetings. Because that man is a legitimate pastor. But there are people today who have no respect for God's authority. We need to be careful that I have come across men who have, like the priests in, in our story, who have tried to buy their way into positions in the church. I know what you're thinking, like, nah, that can't be. I've seen it. I've seen dudes who have money or businesses or whatever try to write checks go from church to church to see if they can buy the leadership or the pastor so that they can get a position. You know, it's like what our Bible teaches us that it's God who chooses. It's God who calls. That's another thing that we learned yesterday as well. He was talking about how God, God's prophets, um, you know, are always going to be persecuted and hated on, and no one more so than our Lord, who was hated on, hated on. They said to him, they literally said to him, we were not born out of fornication. You know what I mean? You know what they were implying? That Mary had him out of wedlock. He faced, you know, when he was arrested. I mean, look what they did. They spit on him. They punched him. And it doesn't get more real than Jesus. We're in the last days. Be careful to uphold those pastoral epistles. There's snakes out there. And Paul the Apostle said they come from within and from without. False brethren. They have no problem disregarding God's authority, just like Jeroboam. He had to think God doesn't exist. It's all fake. Here are your two goals. He had to like, 
he had to get to a place where he didn't believe God can punish him. Where he, you know what I mean? And that's what the, these scoundrels do nowadays. They literally think that God's not doesn't see. Just like in the Psalms where it says, you know, God doesn't see and he does see. Jeroboam's going to get it. And so will anybody else who lays their hand on God's anointed, period. You know. But those are the times we're living in. In Hebrews 5, when it talks about the the plucking of the of God choosing the high priest, man, it just God chooses them amongst the people. He lets the people know. The people come around, they lay hands on them. My pastor didn't choose me. The Lord did. The people at my pastor's church recognized the calling on my life. And when the timing was right, listening to God, they laid hands on me. Him and Pastor John Stewart laid hands on me. Because Hebrews 5 verse 4 says, No man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. I did not take this position on my own. It was given to me by God, by the laying on of hands, by the elders. It's not a light thing. Neither is it a light thing to to do what Jeroboam's doing and what many do today. So anyways, we carry on. We'll finish up. But as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him, and the priests who minister to the Lord are the sons of Aaron, and the Levites attend their duties. And they burn to the Lord every morning and every evening, burnt sacrifices and sweet incense. They also set the showbread in order on the pure gold table and the lampstand of gold with its lamps to burn every evening. For we keep the command of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. Now look, God himself is with us as our head and his priests with sounding trumpets to sound the alarm against you. O children of Israel, do not fight against the Lord God of your fathers, for you shall not prosper. Now this is legitimate stuff that he is saying here. It's true. I told you, if you read about his story in in 1 Kings chapter 15, it'll tell you, homeboy turned from the Lord, but not the priests, not the Levites. There's a remnant. Someone's still serving the Lord. Man. Man, God will not, you know, he will not, like, smash that wick, that little, you know the verse. (laughs) It's not here right now. It's just God sees our church, that you serve him, that there's movement of faith happening in children's ministry and the youth that here and he sees. There's proof that God is with us. We're, we're doing our faith. We're not just 
saying we believe. James chapter 2 says, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is a God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? He's speaking legit. We don't know where his heart is, but it's true. Hey, in Jerusalem, they're killing them. They're serving the Lord. And because we're serving the Lord, our God is, 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 is our shepherd. He's the lead. And there's no way you can prosper. And, and watch the lives of your enemies. Consider your enemies. Are they serving the Lord? Consider those who talk masa. Who are they serving in the name of Jesus Christ? Exactly. No one. Check. Game over. We're serving the Lord. God's with us. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Not me. Him. Good stuff. Holy Spirit. Please. If you didn't know that, I'm reminding you. Good stuff is him. You cannot prosper. No one can prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Verse 13, but Jeroboam caused an ambush to go around behind them. So they were in front of Judah and the ambush was behind them. And when Judah looked around, to their surprise, the battle line was at both front and rear. And they cried out to the Lord and the priests sounded the trumpets. Then the men of Judah gave a shout. And as the men of Judah shouted, it happened that God struck Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah, and the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hand. Then Abijah and his people struck them with the great slaughter, so 500,000 uh, choice uh, men of Israel uh, fell slain. So there was 800,000. I said 400,000 earlier. I was wrong. So 500,000 choice men of Israel fell slain. Thus the children of Israel were subdued at that time, and the children of Judah prevailed because they relied on the Lord God of their fathers. Man, if you're in, if you're, if you're surrounded with problems, start praising God. I mean, what good is it if we praise Him when things are good? You know what I mean? True praise is when things are bad and terrible. Shout to the Lord, cry out for help, praise Him. Be louder. Make the enemies of God tremble. They prevailed because they relied on the Lord God of their fathers. Do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge the Lord, and he shall direct your paths. And Abijah pursued Jeroboam and took cities from him, Bethel with its villages, uh, Jesenah and its villages, and Ephraim, with its villages. So Jeroboam did not recover strength again in the days of Abijah, and the Lord struck him, and he died. But Abijah grew mighty, married 14 wives, here it goes again, and begot 22 sons and 16 daughters. Now the rest of the acts of Abijah, his ways and his sayings are written in the annals of the prophet Ido. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. And we praise you, Lord. God, you are great. You are the great God who saved Abijah and the southern kingdom. 
when they were surrounded and before them and behind them. Lord, you promise us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and we just pray against the attack of the enemy, against our church, against our families, against our friends, that, Lord God, we would put our trust in you, Lord, every day, that we would prepare our hearts to seek you, Lord, because it's it's true, the saying, that the battle belongs to the Lord. Help us to rely on you, Father. Help us to trust you. Increase our faith. I pray for those who need to get serving, need to do what they have to do to do it, Lord. I pray that we all would get to know you better. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Please stand. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.